Project Blue Book, which lasted all the way through 1969, was not to investigate anything. It was rather to explain it. To say, look, you guys think you don't understand this, but we do. We're the all-powerful government. We're the all-powerful CIA. We can explain this. Some of the explanations they gave were so ludicrous that it was essentially like ridicule. I cannot prove in a court of law that marsh gas is the full explanation of these sightings. But it does appear to me extremely likely. Are you saying, Doctor, that Michigan is now producing non-existent saucers? <laughs> well, it's uh, one way of putting it, I suppose. It just became part of the cultural way of dealing with this, unfortunately. <laughs> presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on everybody welcome to episode 287 of the art and jacob do america podcast i am your host in the place to be mr jacob p and sitting right across from me digitally that is is the brown recluse mr art trail art say hello to the millions and millions what the fuck is going on guys guys go to kmancoffee.com check out their entire inventory they got the coffee beans they got the hibiscus tea they got the cacao butter they got anything you're gonna want, you guys. It's uh, winter time. They got sweatpants. They got coffee. One to keep you warm. The other to keep you warm as well. Uh, use promo code America to, to receive 15% off from your total purchase price. Um, and that's it. Check out their entire inventory. They got the pumpkin spice on sale right now, um, and they have like a Christmas sale coming up. And like by the time this comes out, I'm sure it'll it'll be Christmas time sale going on. I think that <laughs> yeah. starts on like the tenth. It's the seventh yeah. today. So three days. <laughs> Check it out. Use yeah. promo code America to see fifty percent off. Yeah, it sounds good like when you put the caveman coffee together with the sweatpants and put on Uncle Buck, right? Oh dude, it's Uncle Buck season for sure, dude. <laughs> Uncle Buck, fucking what's the other one? Home Alone. All those oh like God. classic John, K- the Mighty Ducks too, like all those like classic fucking comfort movies. If, as we were if talking John about Candy on was in it, watch it. It's a good winter movie. Even Cool yeah. Runnings, Cool Runnings. Yeah. Even though like technically like it's like a summer and winter one, it's still a fucking. Uh, oh yeah, dude. Blues Brothers, same thing, dude. Like I don't know right. what it is about Blues Brothers. I, I might watch Blues Brothers tonight, dude. There you go. With some Dick caveman might get coffee. Romantic. <laughs> get your dick out. Uh, but yeah. anyway, speaking about getting your dick out, um, uh, 
<laughs> oh shit uh speaking oh, of this strange segue it was uh and i apologize but not really but uh guys check out our other sponsor guys i need everybody to head on over to superapparel.com with the great and powerful nicole smith box has put together in a lovely illustrious array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure so head on over there uh buy everything that you want need love and desire uh maybe check out some stuff that you know maybe your family or friends might want like art said christmas is coming i mean walmart and target for fuck's sake already has the christmas shit out yeah the, the the halloween stuff is is barely you know on clearance but yeah the the retail stores do have it as the christmas season mariah carey is coming out of hibernation to sing her lovely song uh so uh head on over there buy everybody that you love in your life some super apparel uh, but before you push checkout guys i need you guys to enter promo code art and jacob and nicole will give you 10 percent off your entire purchase but guys we're not here to talk about the mighty ducks too we're not here to talk about uncle buck or cool runnings feel the rhythm feel the vibe check us out now with bob's lead time no art what are we here to talk about today Project Blue Book, mm. Kelly Blue Book. Ah, uh, God damn it! Every fucking podcast that I would listen yeah. to, like, made like that joke or the fucking uh, college Blue Book joke, and I was just like, God damn it, we're gonna avoid yeah. it. But Art did not. Nope, can't avoid it, dude. <laughs> it's a weird topic, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was like the uh, the Flatbush alien encounter, or whatever. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of Project Blue Book, and like, I listened to a to a podcast that like refers to that one to to this like how it ties it all together, and uh, they made that joke, and I was like, God damn it! Mm, yeah, well, I'm right there with you with it, but um, <sighs> not covering that today, but no. um, just the straight up Project Blue Book today. Yeah. And you kind of hyped this uh, topic up. I guess it was supposed to be in the month of October. We we're supposed to cover it according to you six months ago, uh, but we just <laughs> didn't get around it. But maybe in in retrospect, it was a blessing in disguise that we conveniently forgot about it. Uh, because doing research on Project Blue Book, spoiler alert, I thought we were going to find like all sorts of because it, it Project Blue Book has been declassified. You know, the Freedom of Information Act. You can go and read all gajillion pages of it um i guess the national archives you can get a pdf file of it and everything it's so it's out there the only thing that's redacted is like the names of like witnesses and people that you know didn't give their consent or whatever to have their stuff out there for the public and whatnot but it's out there and i thought we were going to find all sorts of juicy ass details about how an alien came down and played with like herbert hoover's butt cheeks or some shit but no it was pretty much um in a uh, retrospect of uh, my research, if uh, you told me that Project Blue Book was just about office politics, that's pretty much what you would find. So, uh, yeah, Project Blue Book, technically, uh, it is the Air Force's uh, study of UFOs, but you're just going to get a lot of office politics on this episode, guys. <laughs> but we will try to make it as entertaining as possible. But Art... Why don't you tell the millions about Project Blue Book? All right. So this is kind of a quick Cliff Notes thing. So Project Blue Book was the uh, code name for the uh, systematic study of unidentified flying objects Mm -hmm. by the United States Air Force in March 1952. Um, 
and then it was terminated in December 17th, 1969. So that's just like the straight up, like, here's a little cliff notes of what you're talking about here. So obviously we're talking about unidentified flying objects in the United States. Correct. So just want to introduce that. I'm sure anyone that listens to this podcast knows what unidentified flying objects are. <laughs> Most people are like, that's an alien or that's some kind of like interdimensional being or whatever it may be. Um, whatever your personal belief is or whatever, or it's like a Russian spy thing or whatever, or it's technology that the United States doesn't want to put out in public yet. Um, but you have to understand that where we were in, in, in American history at the time, for people to demand something like a, a Project Blue Book to come out, we're not even there now. And like, I feel like sightings are more, more, uh, more evident now. Like we have better, better video of like weird shit in the sky. Like, and people still aren't demanding it as much as they were demanding it back then. But, um, during this time period after world war II, you had the largest amount of sightings in like at least recorded human history where people were stating that they were seeing things in the sky that they could not explain. And so people demanded the United States look into it and they did. Yep. And uh, project blue book, like art was saying uh, before we started recording on the Patreon, um, wasn't the first study of UFOs, uh, but per, per, that preceded this project blue book, uh, was had a project in 1947 called project sign. Uh, at the request of Nathan Twinning, uh, who also worked for the United States Air Force. Um, he was uh, chief of the Air Force Material Command at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Uh, its study was inconclusive. Inconclusive, However, Captain Edward Ruppelt uh, stated that most of the UFO sightings were real. Uh, they were not U.S. or Soviet crafts, but were most likely extraterrestrial. So, um with that said, that did not sit well uh, with the good old United States government. And so um, this was rejected by General Hoyt Vandenberg of Vandenberg, Vandenberg Air Force Base um, and said that there was lack of evidence to, to support this. So he dismantled the project sign and uh, made Project Grudge the following year from 1948 to 1951. Uh, which was pretty much a debunking campaign campaign. And it was pretty much a mandate that, you know, all unidentified flying objects, uh, they had to be debunked as extraterrestrial. They didn't want to have, you know, mass panic or mass hysteria. I mean, Jesus Christ, during COVID, you know, uh, you know, with this, the whisperings of the government shutdown, you couldn't find a piece of toilet paper to fucking save your life. That shit was going on eBay for $175 for, a, you know, a one ply piece of fucking uh, sandpaper to wipe your ass or whatever. So that's what they were thinking in 1948. Like, you know, we don't want to c- cover, you know, give, give the whole United States or the world at this time mass hysteria. Uh, but many felt that this was the dark ages of ufo research because you know it was a lot of i don't want to say cover-ups but it was a lot of like oh you saw something in the sky oh it was just fucking swamp gas or you know it was a weather balloon and whatnot and you know surprisingly um roswell doesn't appear in project blue book i guess they never investigated you know project blue uh, project blue book or grudge or sign never investigated um you know uh, roswell 
Uh, but it was a lot like that where it was just like, oh, no, it was a weather balloon. Oh, no, nothing to see here kind of thing. And this didn't sit very well with a lot of uh, higher ups in the Air Force. And so they decided to come together, you know, once there was a transition in power, you know, with, you know, politics and whatnot. And this is when they came up with Project Blue Book in 1952. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the same things that people will say to this day um, when they discredit like UFO sightings are still things that you go back to Project Grudge. Project Grudge was not not to go go back on what you're just talking about but project grudge did did blame it on like mass hysteria war nerves and just like pretty much public hoax which is still a problem today like i think as much as like i i think people want to believe you have to understand like youtube is full of like good fakes yeah and so like that's where we're at but fast forward to project blue book where it's like okay yeah one one the first one, which I think would be Project Signs or Project Saucer, was its original name. Yeah, it didn't really actually look into it. Like there wasn't that much scientific study going into it. It was just like I don't know what that is. It's got to be an <laughs> alien. Yeah. And then the second one was like, no, everything is fake. You don't like you guys are all liars. Like there's nothing. Everybody needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah. And then they realized, well, neither of these are very scientific studies. No. So, in comes in Project Blue Book where. Like we're finally going to do research on all of these famous cases or, you know, more well-known cases and try to decipher what's going on here. Yeah. And it had two goals. One, to determine if uh, these UFOs were a threat to national security. And then two, to scientifically analyze UFO related data and, you know, determine, you know, their their origin. And they actually collected over 12,618 reports. And um, most of which, you know, they were able to give some kind of conclusion to. uh, But there still was like, I believe it was something crazy, like 25 percent of those 25 or 12,000. They were still unable to come up with a conclusion of what those objects were in the sky. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty (laughs) healthy number. Yeah. Especially during that time period. So, I mean, Project Blue Book lasts from 1952 through 1969. So you mean to tell me you get just in the United States alone, 12,618 sightings? That's a fuckload right there. Yeah, I think I don't want to say like people were more like skeptical of their government at this time period. Like, I think if you saw some kind of like strange thing back in the day, you would probably just like keep it to yourself and be like, that was fucking weird. Uh Like I better never tell anyone about that ever again. Or, you know, fast forward to, to like the time of like comic books and like sci-fi movies and that sort of thing that were popping off around this time period. And a lot of that was happening because of like, you know, the fear of war and that sort of thing. Like people had that in the back of their minds. And I think now people were like, maybe I should say like, if I saw something, but then people were also embellishing seeing or seeing that they saw something or saying that they saw something. Um, it was a really strange time in American history. I, I, one case that we've never covered is like the battle of Los Angeles. That's one we um, got to get to. We, we got to get to that one, but that one kind of, kind of falls into like this level of, it was that war nerves was that, you know, anxiety of like invasion, but that was big at this time period. Like people were very afraid of like the invader, whether it be like an alien or a foreign country. 
I mean, and you said it just perfectly earlier, like this was fresh off the heels of World War II, which is like to me, like the more you learn about World War II, about like what the Soviets did, what, you know, obviously what Germany did, you know, don't ask Kyrie Irving about that. But um, it, it, to me, it, like you're you're coming off the heels of that. You're going to have a lot of anxiety, like literally you had a whole country that was trying to commit genocide to a whole you know, population of people and you had all of Europe, you know, that was pretty much war torn at this time period. And you have the introduction of nuclear weapons. So, I mean, there is, there's already, you know, they're trying to quail hysteria. There is already a lot of hysteria in the air. And this is a time period before proper television. Maybe you have like, you know, one or two fucking TV, you know, uh, black and white TVs, like, you know, on a block, not every household has a television, you know, obviously there's no internet, uh, movies was something that you got dressed up in your Sunday best to go to or whatnot. So people had more eyes to the sky and more free time to look at this, to look at, you know, not only what was going on in the world news, but what was going on in the skies. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think this is the first time people were actually looking at the skies and wondering what that was. And, um, and that's where, you know, do you have any, any particular cases that you, that you saw in project blue book that found that you found interesting? Well, obviously like the one that like stands out the most. And I think that kind of like gets, you know, the ball rolling is, I mean, and we're jumping ahead. We're going to Quentin Tarantino this shit. Uh, but obviously, like when DC, like when there was like UFOs reported above like the White House and above like the Washington, DC airport and whatnot, not only was it showing up like on radar, but then also people like on the streets, you were getting hundreds of reports of like, oh shit, there are like, there are some kind of weird lights above the White House right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, once again, not to, uh, not to uh, keep jumping around, but you know, like seeing seeing things like above the White House or whatever, people were just reporting seeing like pyramids flying above the the Pentagon and the White House, and like yeah, that's a pretty strange thing. Like you know, we're in an era now where like people are like the government literally releases information saying, yeah, there's something going on here, and we don't know what it is, and uh anyways like here's a new mass singer episode like <laughs> don't really worry about it. like the fact that we're in that world now where the united states government is saying like former presidents are going on jimmy kimmel saying that like yeah like we study these things but we don't know what they are but they are currently invading our airspace no they haven't attacked us and we don't know what the fuck they are but yeah they exist next lady gaga to perform her new hit single yeah that's where we're at yeah that's really where we're at but um one of the thing, one of the cases that I, I thought was really interesting in in the whole report was the Flatwoods Monster. Maybe this maybe this deserves its own like little episode or whatever. But, um, and I sent you a little clip or whatever of the show, um, Project Blue Book, where they like basically break down little. Did I send you that? Maybe I did. Yeah. Uh, but they, this is one of the little segments that they talk about. And they make a dr- dramatic. I can't say it. Dramatization. Dramatization. Yeah, that's it. That word <laughs> of, of, of how this occurred. And it was just like, it, it, like if you, if you Google the, the Flatwoods monster and like 
what it looks like. It literally looks like a fucking Pokemon. Like, <laughs> like this is something straight out of like sci-fi horror movies. Uh-huh. And like, and it's basically like no one saw it, but a bunch of teenagers. They all encountered it in the woods. And like, I gotta admit, like, it was a pretty clever design. Like, I'd never seen a an alien design like this. Um, but uh, you know what it reminds me of the movie Independence Day, the way that that monster has its big like cone shaped head or whatever, uh-huh. kind of similar to that actually. Now that I think about it, but um, but it was a really interesting design and like it caught the attention of a lot of people for a few reasons. One, all the trees in the area were like burned, like only but only from like the top of the tree or something like wow. some like weird way like that. So very interesting and the fact that that is like documented in like american history and like in an american research it research book or whatever research paper or whatever you want to call it um it's very very interesting that that's in there the flatwoods monster and it's like here you go we study the flat the flatwoods monster yeah i don't know it doesn't make sense but at the same time it's pretty fun an official government report and then you also have like betty and barney hill which we've we haven't done a whole episode on it yet, but it, I mean, I feel like it's come up a lot enough times. Uh, yeah. But you do within Project Blue Book, you do minus Roswell, which I thought was very strange that that this wasn't a part of the study or any of the studies. Uh, but you do have a lot of famous fucking uh, cases, which we will have episodes on. So not to spend too much time of them on, uh, but pretty much the guy that you have to thank for all of this initial research or proper research is a Captain J. Ruppelt. Um, Like I said earlier, him and others uh, who were highly dissatisfied with the way Project Grudge, Grudge was going on uh, decided that, hey, we need to come up with a new uh, program, uh, which was Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book obviously being named after those blue books that you receive uh, in, in school uh, or college uh, where you have to take your test on. I know like in English classes when you had to write, you know, like your fee, I believe it is. Uh, or like a like a not not like your your final, but like you know like the little homework assignments. They make yeah. you buy a blue book on and whatever. But so they made it they they called it blue book because it was serious as a college course that you were going to be taking. You know, I had heard that, but I didn't know if that was a joke. No, it, it was real. Like, it seemed like a joke when I first heard of that, and I was like, that's pretty wild that you know the flatwoods monsters in that shit and we're taking it as seriously as a college course oh yeah which it which it to me like you would want the government to do that because like i said they're too objective to see if like you know if the flatwood monster if it's a threat to national security again coming off the heels of fucking world war ii if the flatwood monster is gonna be a fucking threat to national security and if we can learn anything scientifically from it so that's this is very much something you want your government to do right uh, but Blue Book also um, created, uh, led to the creation of the Aerial Phenomena Branch, uh, which, you know, would, you know, specialize in the study of all this information. Uh, actually, you actually get the the name UFO uh, from Captain J. Ruppelt as well, as well, because he thought it was a more neutral term uh, than flying saucer, which was actually like the term de jour of the day during this time period. So 1952, it wasn't UFO. It was flying saucer and kind of like how today it's not UFO anymore. It's UAP, like unidentified aerial phenomenon. It just sounded to him. It sounded better uh, because it was more neutral, which was kind of like the signature of his reign during his heading of Project Blue Book. 
And he also streamlined the reporting process and came up with a standard questionnaire. So when witnesses did see something, there was a series of questions that, you know, you know, the researchers would go out and ask the witnesses about so they can collect as much information as possible without it being like a leading question like, oh, did it look like this weather balloon? So, you know, it, it was a more fair account of what they actually saw. Uh, he actually recruited people that were actually not too pro UFO, but then also not too con UFO either. And if you were swayed too far left or right on any of those uh, positions, you were kicked off the project. So he very much made it like his 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 mission to make Project Blue Book initially as fair, neutral, and open as possible. Yeah, which is it's it it's a pretty uh that's pretty much the only way to go about it. Like mm. you he was kind of ahead of his time. Because if you think about like a lot of the other things that the United States was starting to dabble with around this time, MK Ultra and like trying to get people to like hallucinate on like LSD. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these were like reactions to what they found out that Germany was doing in um, during World War II, where like Germany was involved in the occult and like trying to create their own versions of flying saucers and that right. whole thing. Um, so the United States had to react to this to like let's find out what's going on and more like the fringy type of things. And this is one of those things where it's like let's let's see if these flying saucers or whatever you want to call them. Are, are an actual threat or an actual, you know, something we can communicate with, but let's do it in a scientific way, not not in such a weird occulty kind of way. Well, at least from way. what we know, yeah. At least from what we know, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if like they hired all these hippies to try to communicate with the UFOs too or whatever. What's his name? Alan Parsons wasn't he a part of like Alistair Crowley's crew or whatever? And he was like the one that like was a part of like the whole like rocket. Uh, systems and whatever. I mean, it's been a while since we looked into it or whatever. But like, yeah, wasn't he like a part of that shit too? Like, I, I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't, I don't know. But you know, I sent you that thing last night of the um, those like Navajo investigators that that are like only studying. Yeah, and like they said something that like I think I've said a few times on this podcast because like they were like we've covered so many cases. I don't think that I think all these cases are related. I think that some of these things are like interdimensional creatures that like come into our world and like and it just so happens that like that there's certain areas where like they they're able to come in a lot more freely. Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, and like it's funny cuz like Skinwalker Ranch is in that area like that whole like Navajo reservation like they talked about how they would have like high numbers of like haunted houses mm-hmm. but really like like it just seems like there were just like vortexes to like somewhere else and that's where it gets kind of hippie-ish or whatever yeah like you talk about bigfoot like being mm-hmm. an interdimensional being and all this stuff and like, I-, I thought it to be really interesting and they also talk about ufos and so like i think that even though we try to think about it in a scientific like is this a craft or what is that or is that it- itself you know uh, a um atmospherical creature you know like you know, obviously we have like creatures that live in the ocean and creatures that live on land. Perhaps there's atmospherical creatures that live in like Earth's atmosphere. Correct. That we just don't we just don't understand them at all. Like we're just like we're just totally like you know, like numb to like a creature that could survive on like atmospheric radiation or whatever. Correct. I mean and I know on the Patreon, like for months, you know, when I was watching the show Skinwalker Ranch. 
they were looking into all of this stuff. And one thing that I, I appreciated about that show <clears throat> is that they would invite everybody from all corners of, you know, uh, that type of research, you know, like the hippy dippy, you know, shit. Uh, they would invite, you know, Navajo uh, elders and uh, Ute elders that would lived like in the area. And they would all like tell similar stories. Uh, they invited like a Jewish rabbi <clears throat> who did like a summoning ritual and whatnot. It was super scary. Uh, but then they also have like people that are very like black and white, like textbook, like scientists on there. And to me, like th that's what like intrigued me about that show is because they were all saying the same thing, but like from a different perspective of the spectrum of what, you know, like a UFO or interdimensional beings and all these phenomena that they were actually finding like on the show. Like you actually do see like UFOs appear like a mile high up into the sky and you have like NASA fucking scientists like on that show that are trying to figure out what the fuck that is. And you find out all these fucking anomalies and to come to find out like, yeah, they're doing this on like the history channel and shit like this show. But then also, too, they were doing this like in 1947 all the way through like 1969 uh, as well. And I mean, unfortunately, they weren't following like the scientific method to a T because you want to have like multiple scientists and multiple perspectives, you know, just like I was talking about with Skinwalker Ranch, the show <clears throat> to, you know, get a better grasp of what's going on. But they did have astronomer Dr. Alan Hynek on who was actually, you know, the lone scientist that was there for Project Sign and Grudge. Uh, but he also came back for Project Blue Book. And he was the one that actually created like the system for the close encounter classification. So close encounters of the first kind, second kind, third kind and all those things. So from just Project Blue Book alone, you get like all, you know, you get the name UFO as well as the close encounters classification. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had my uh, I didn't do that much research on him. I did find out that his name, his nickname was Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Joe. like Joe. It's, it's like Joseph Anthony Joe Heineck or some shit like that. Okay. Like he has like a weird, very formal name, but apparently he goes by Joe. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> for his home, he's calling Joe. <laughs> Joe cool. Uh, but apparently he started off like when he was doing his research, very much a skeptic. Uh, but by the end of project blue book and then to into like the rest of his life and career, he actually was like a firm believer, which is to me, like if you're a part of like the government's, initial three studies of ufos and you're like the heart like this hardcore hardened fucking skeptic for christ's sakes you're a doctor of astronomy and shit and then yeah. all of a sudden you get uh, information you get like access to all this classified information and studies and you become like this hardcore believer that tells you that something was in those those studies yeah what what are the things that you know um i i find really interesting is the uh, the I think it's the Brown Mountain Lights. I, I think that's what it's called. And I think I had mentioned it in in the past on this podcast, but um, I decided to look a little more into it. I wish I would. I think it's the Brown Mountain Lights. But basically, the, their whole thing is that there's this mountain mountainside where like people go and like they see like it almost looks like fairies flying in the mountains. Oh, wow. And so people have tried to dismiss it as like, Oh, it's, it's headlights. Oh, it's this or whatever. And like, and like, sometimes I guess you can dismiss it as that, but then you actually see it. Like you see footage of it and it's like, it makes no, like, there's no way that's headlights. Like, I'm not a fool. Like, yeah, that's not a headlight. Those aren't fucking like, 
that's not a bug like it's way too big yeah it's like that's not a ball of lightning or whatever like like there's and how is this one area like for the last like 150 years been like notorious for you can go here and like capture it on camera and like for as long as cameras have been around like people have been going to this area to capture these images of like strange lights that just appear over this one mountainside and like and like there's no answer like nobody knows like Mm -hmm. and i like the fact that their their um their scientific findings come out inconclusive on some of these and they're like we don't know yeah like we just don't know yeah and during like i mean and during this time period too like they would come across like they would they would exhaust all of their you know options like yes it could be a weather phenomena yes it could be a natural occurrence like you we mentioned like there are fireflies out there that could be you know what people are seeing and sometimes people that's what they actually do confuse uh ufos for um a lot of times it would just be you know a falling star it would be you know uh you know jupiter would be seen and whatnot like they would they would test it against what was actually known during this time period that captain j rupelt was the head of um, this project. Uh, But we are running out of time. (laughs) So uh, we're going to cut to a commercial break and then we'll come back with what happened. Why did the government stop studying in this, uh, the Rupelt way and started going down a jankier way. So we'll see you at the end of this commercial. my body. someone else's okay uh so on that note guys thank you from our sponsors but um uh so what happened art so basically we had like the everything was rocking and rolling jiving and whatnot we had like this captain j rupel who was a fair and balanced you know air force researcher Uh, but what happens uh he temporarily leaves in february of 1953 for a few months you know just to take on another assignment just to put something on his resume and whatnot and uh, when he comes back to Project Blue Book, he saw that his his staff actually gets reduced from being, you know, in the double digits down to two people. So he had it went from being a, a healthy, you know, group of people researching this to just being two people under, uh, you know, Officer Rupelt. Uh, so the reason for this was uh, there was what's called the Robertson panel. So in July of 1952, uh, like I was telling you, there was uh, earlier, there was hundreds of sightings uh, in D.C. of UFOs above the White House, uh, around the airport and all sorts of stuff. Again, there'll be another episode somewhere down the line and whatnot. So what happens when you start fucking with, you know, Washington, D.C.? The CIA gets involved. 
and they established a panel headed by Dr. H.P. Robertson. Uh, Obviously, that's where you get the the Robertson panel. Uh, So that way they can have an official public response to what was going on. Yeah, that's cool that there was something that went down out in Roswell, New Mexico, where we don't give a fuck about those. They're barely Americans anyways or whatever, right? <laughs> don't they don't they all live under fucking Navajo rugs and shit? Like we don't care about that. But when you start fucking with the White House, that's when toilet paper starts fucking going off the shelves and uh and going into scarcity and whatnot. So uh a panel was put together again handed headed by Dr. HP Robertson and in uh, January of 1953, uh, they met for 12 hours and looked over six years of evidence. And basically, they had to come together and have an explanation of whether, you know, it was worth looking into still and what they could tell the general public. So that way they wouldn't freak out. <clears throat> and basically, they said that it, every all of those UFOs, again, were very explainable. It was swamp gas. It was balls of lightning. It was fireflies. It was a weather balloon or whatever. Every single one of them was explainable, but it was not worth the effort or the money to look into it. And what happened from there was is that um, the CIA was telling the Air Force and other government agencies that because of their projects, like Project Blue Book, it was clogging the intelligence channels and a real threat would be missed if they spent too much time looking at these UFOs in the sky. And so basically the Air Force was told to de-emphasize UFOs and basically go on a debunking campaign. And this is one thing that I thought was funny is they actually reached out to uh, corporations like Disney and other media conglomerates and asked them to lead uh, this pretty much smear campaign. So like if UFOs were brought up you know, they're um, they would be responsible for putting out, you know, propaganda, basically saying like, oh, if you believe in UFOs, you're a crazy person. That's obviously just a falling star. Obviously, that's just swamp gas. Obviously, that's just a firefly or a red tailed hawk that, you know, the lights bouncing off its um, feathers and whatnot. So they actually had orders um, from the CIA and made it actually a crime for any military personnel to talk to any unauthorized person about any UFOs or any reports. So when Rupelt came back, he came back under all this new scrutiny. And basically the program that he helped start was actually turned into something else. It turned right back into Project Grudge. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny that like there was a smear campaign and Disney was involved. Mm-hmm. One thing that I know about Walt Disney is, is that <laughs> Walt Disney was actually very much a believer that fairies were real. Like a lot of people don't talk about that. They talk about how he had like Nazi ties and all these like weird things. Or he was like a Nazi Nazi sympathizer, but like people don't talk about how he spent a lot of money in like fairy research to yeah. try to prove because you know, like how like there's big Bigfoot hunters now. Like mm-hmm. there was fairy hunters back then, where like people would like try to find evidence of fairies living in the woods, and he was big on that. Yeah, but but he was apparently very anti UFO. But anyways, um, those smear campaigns, I feel like we still to to this day, like like it's only been fairly recent where like now like it's on the news and it's 
it's a little less like you're a fucking weirdo for for having seen some strange things and like now that the government's putting out fighter pilot video of like the tic tac the tic tac ufos and all that stuff um but that's like that's kind of been like the american history of like trying to quiet people down with like smear campaigns of there's no way dude only an idiot would believe that yeah but you know yeah so because of that though uh rupelt leaves uh project blue book due to these policies in august of 1953 and he kind of describes it as an uphill battle because you very much had you know in the government and in the air force basically people who really like cared about what was going on and wanted the answers and wanted them to be answered scientifically and you had very much an opposite side of it that was just like no we 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 need to stop wasting our time with it. Yeah, they exist, but there's probably an explanation of it and just was not trying to hear about it. It was all about gung, basically gung ho about, you know, this like cold war with the Soviet union. Uh, and it was, it kind of reminds me again, like where you were talking about too, it was like kind of where we're at as a nation now, where it was very much like a split house where it's just like, we're, we're both here uh, you know, as the United States Air Force to protect, you know, American citizens in the world, basically. But they're split on their approach on how to do it. So the side that was winning politically, they wanted to basically dismantle this program and kind of like forget about it. Just like, oh, these are like those wacky tinfoil hat motherfuckers or whatever. So <clears throat> once Rupelt leaves, they kind of hire a bunch of puppets to helm Project Blue Book. Uh, they hire Captain uh, Hardin uh, in March of 1954, who straight out said that anybody that believes like in UFOs is crazy and their stories bore him. So you're already starting out with a bias there. Uh, then in 1956, Captain Gregory is hired and he's even firmer on his anti-UFO stance and actually says that, you know, the everything, all these these programs, I believe like the aerial phenomenon branch, he dissolves that. Uh, he downgrades all the classifications. So something that is a probable uh, weather balloon becomes a definite weather balloon. So you have all these possibly unidentified flying objects turning into weather balloons or swamp gas or, you know, <clears throat> fucking fairy dust or whatever. Right. And it yeah. doesn't have it, it like it just becomes more diluted under Captain Gregory. Uh, then in 1958, Major Friend takes over, and he actually tries to reverse a lot of these policies. Uh, but the powers that be within, you know, Congress and in the government actually start defunding Project Blue Book. The more and more he pushes back, and they start critiquing the, his any research that comes out, and they start minimalizing all of the the cases that they come to him. So they never get anything serious, you know, like you know Art's case. Or like my case with, you know, the UFOs that were being seen over the White House. They start getting like those Bubba and, you know, Cheryl Lynn fucking stories about out in the countryside where an alien touched me in the butt and I saw him over Walmart. And, you know, it turns out it was just, uh, you know, a falling star. So they given them a lot of those cases or whatever, just to make it seem more and more crazy. And then in August of 1963, uh, they hire... Major Quintanilla uh, to become, you know, the helm of Project Blue Book, who who continued the debunking efforts uh, and pretty much drove the program into the ground and continued a lot of the policies that Gregory did, where 
He started simplifying the classifications and pretty much dismantling the program piece by piece and pretty much taking away any scientific research. Pretty much like like your average everyday lackey from the Air Force was just going out into the field and just saying like, hey, what do you think that is out in the sky? Well, I think it's just, you know, a spotlight or, you know, it's just a, a laser pointer or whatever. Right. And so a lot of the scientific studies were being taken out of the program. It was just pretty much a shit show at this point. You know, not to harp on something you just said, but like you brought up um, swamp gas a few times already. Yeah. And have you seen images of swamp gas before? Like, I don't understand how somebody confuse, can confuse swamp gas for UFOs. Like, the, it, it is an interesting phenomenon, but but it's like, I don't think I would ever be like, oh, fuck, was that swamp gas or an alien or like, you know, a flying aircraft? And I'm not a swamp gas expert, but I don't think like swamp gas like lives like out in the fucking atmosphere and shit, like a mile high and shit. Yeah, I know. I was like, just some of the, and then it's like, how many fucking weather balloons are there going on at once? Like, is that still a thing? Do we still have weather balloons? Are those still flying? They are still there. Like, not to mention, Pro- or not Project Blue, not to mention uh, Skinwalker Ranch, the show again, but. They actually launch a weather balloon just to see like what's going on above Skinwalker Ranch because there's like a mile high point up above like the ranch where a lot of weird anomalies happen. And so they actually launch a weather balloon. And I thought like that was very much I thought they were just being hokey because of like that's what, you know, Roswell was basically explained away as. But it does still exist. And I mean, there are lights. So it's not like it's like fucking, you know, Pennywise, the clown's balloon. But it is like an actual balloon that goes up is actually something they have to like pump up full of air to put up and whatnot. Yeah. But there is lights, but it's very much you can tell it's a weather balloon. It's not a fucking, you know, tic tac or a flying saucer or any of these other things that we've seen in the sky. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures of weather balloons right now. And like there's like one or two that I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird looking. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like they all like look like what i would imagine a weather balloon to look like Like if miles musio told you like oh we're launching a fucking weather balloon at 6 p.m or whatever and you see that shit in the sky you're like okay yeah that's a weather balloon but when you see like a fucking flying saucer in the air or a fucking a a conventional ufo or tic tac you're like yeah no dog that ain't no fucking weather balloon yeah i'm looking at all these images there's literally one image i saw that was like oh (laughs) yeah i guess i could see how that would be uh interesting like that would confuse me maybe but everything else is like yeah that looks like kind of what i thought a weather balloon looked like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just looks like a big old balloon yeah so now that you know major quintanilla has pretty much run you know the program into the ground uh dr Heineck pretty much comes out and says that you know he is not competent the program has lost all credibility and this is during the time period where, you know, tinfoil hat and conspiracy theorists are like the government is literally trying to cover up, you know, UFOs, basically extraterrestrials, as they keep giving BS explanations. Uh, in 1966, there's actually a congressional hearing uh, where they come together to discuss a lot of the findings of Project Blue Book during this time period. And what they do is they actually put together what's called the Condon Committee. Uh, where they basically want to find out, you know, hey, we need to find out, you know, scientifically 
what's going on. So they put together a group of neutral scientific researchers. And <coughs> it's actually um, headed by an Edward Condon, which is where you get the name Condon Committee. Uh, but it comes out that he was super biased uh, against UFOs. He was one of those never UFOers to begin with. And so he was going to come to the conclusion that, you know, it was a waste of time to continue Project Blue Book and that they were no threat. It was just I think he had a quote where he says that he basically says that, but he goes, I'm not supposed to say that for another year. So the whole committee was put together basically as a means to tear down Project Blue Book and to stop research into UFOs. Mm. And then the committee actually comes out and says further research uh, will not yield significant results, nor will have they found any threat to the national security. And then the United States Air Force, uh, their secretary, actually, Mr. Robert Siemens Jr., actually closes the program. Uh, you said it was December of 1969, uh, but they actually uh, close it January 30th, 1970. Uh, but they go back to December of 1969 because they don't want research going into its fourth decade. And he actually says further funding cannot be justified as there is no threat to national security and no scientific <clears throat> uh, discovery will yield anything, you know, for technology in the future. So from that point forward, Project Blue Book was dismantled and the conspiracy theorists basically have a field day, uh, you know, with this as it being, you know, the government basically trying to cover up aliens. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see how back in the day was more controversial with conspiracy theories than it is now. Like now it's just like, whatever, like it's just stuff we already know. Like it's so like mundane, but the fact that there was so much interest and so much research and time and energy went into this is the part that is, is really the interesting part. Yeah. There's also, you know, the, the one right after all this, the United Nations puts together project Titan and project Titan is basically a continuation of this. But now the United Nations is like, well, we're going to control it now. It's not going to be just the United States saying, like, we're going to do all the all the research. And I thought that was kind of interesting because Project Titan does a lot of the same stuff, but then it comes out being, like, super inconclusive. Like, we don't know either. We don't know yeah. what, what it is. There's something there, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. They're not all – it's not all, like, weather balloons. <laughs> and I think it is important. I mean – I can see like how a conspiracy theorist would be like, you know, the truth is out there. The government's they actually have like in I keep thinking back to Independence Day where it's just like, oh, there's this secret base under Area 51 where they're keeping like the mothership and like there's all these like aliens like in formaldehyde and shit. And like and I, I with all of this office politics, basically, I can see how someone could think that. But what I think it is, it's just that. For years, you know, they were researching all of these things and you have people high in the higher ups getting impatient with like, well, for fuck's sakes, if they're not attacking us, why are we continuing to, you know, earmark, earmark money, you know, to spend money on, you know, research on this when we have an actual cold war going on with the Soviet Union? And that's where I think those sentiments came from. And then like what you said, like what you said with Project Titan they came up to the conclusion too, where it's just like, well, we don't know what the fuck it is. Like there's something actually going on out there, but we have no idea how to explain it. And even to this day, like you have, like I said earlier, you have presidents, I think Bill Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, they've all gone like on late night TV and they ask them straight up like, yeah, that was like one of the first things I did 
you know, once I was sworn into office is asking about aliens. And they said like, well, we know that UFOs are coming into our atmosphere, going over our skies, but we have no idea what they are. That's a, I feel like that's even more scary than, than like hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I, I fear that one day we're gonna like find out that like we're not the most like superior thing that we that that is on like living on this planet kind of thing, like. We're just not like even even like if you think about it like like we can't fight off a grizzly bear (laughs) and like imagine this thing like whatever it may be whether it be a spacecraft or it's uh, itself is 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 a creature yeah like it just seems to maneuver at a much faster speed it seems to be very intelligent it seems to like you know whatever it is Skinwalker Ranch is a very like interesting thing I know we covered it already. But it's a very interesting thing because it's such a, like, you know, big hodgepodge of, like, of, like, UFO and, like, skinwalkers and Bigfoot or whatever, like, whatever you want to name it, like. Werewolves, yeah. Werewolves. And I feel like all those things are kind of tied together. And, like, we just don't know how so. I mean, a lot of people are jumping to the conclusion of interdimensional being or interdimensional travel. That might be it, but we're not like mentally there yet where we can figure that stuff out. You said something one time. It's like an ant trying to understand algebra. And I think yeah. like that's where we're at with like all of these Project Blue Books, Project Signs, Project Grudges and whatnot. Even in 2007 through 2012, there was a secret research <clears throat> called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program headed by former uh, Democratic uh, Senate leader, uh, Majority Leader Harry Reid from Nevada who was very ardent on trying to find out what UFOs were as well. I mean, and they couldn't find out either in those times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's pretty much where we're at now. I mean, the Tic Tac UFO stuff is super interesting. Those pyramids that are like flying over the nation's capital and like, we're just pretending that they're not there. (laughs) It's it's all very interesting. Even even the the um, ghost cities people call them ghost cities, where like it looks like a a city flying over over another city, and people just don't know what that is. Like, is that people say that it's a what's it called when like a mirage, a, 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 a mirage basically, but it's it's not a mirage. Like it's not a reflect. Technically, a mirage is just a ref- reflection of like of um of like water moisture in the in the in the air but this is not that this is something completely different and people just don't know what it is like the fact that we we're just so lost with certain things or we talked remember we had matt on on the patreon i think we talked about trumpets of the sky and we're just like nope don't know what the hell that is like it could be this it could be that like we don't know but like the things that stump us i think are the things that scare us the most and oh yeah the unknown the fear of the unknown because at least if it was an alien like you could barter with it or something like hey dude we got some sick ass beats like you have you ever heard the chronic if we give you the chronic will you stop fucking like (laughs) you know your attack on us but what i thought what i I thought was terrifying too knowing that we don't know what it is is that in recent times you see more of them around nuclear sites 
all around the world. So, you know, before, you know, it was just like in New Mexico and shit like that. But a lot of places, well, there was a lot of fucking nuclear testing going on over there. But since World War II, where we first introduced nuclear weapons, you start to see the emergence of UFOs. But now, when you saw see like a, a lot of reports of sighting, is it's always around like a nuclear facility or where we store nuclear weapons or where anything nuclear, you're going to see like UFOs around. And I think to me, like that's scary because what if it is extraterrestrial and what if they're watching us? And planning to maybe use that against us, or what if they're, you know, watching us to make sure we don't use that? And when you get into the whole like Russia shit, where like Putin is like his hands like on the fucking trigger at any moment now, and like rumor is is he might die at any moment because he has like fucking prostate cancer, and like his last fucking like you know fuck the world might be like to you know launch off launch off everything that like fucking Russia has. And since like he announced that, like there's all sorts of fucking UFOs being reported like around Russia and Ukraine. To me, like that's fucking terrifying as well. Huh. That is terrifying. That's news to me. But um yeah, I, I don't know. It's funny that there was such a big increase in like UFO sightings during World War Two. You know, these uh these creatures or whatever you want to call them, they seem to have some kind of interest in like in what we're doing. Because they seem to know when we're like on the verge of like self destruction and war and things like that. Like they seem to, I don't want to say care, but they do show up when like things are getting kind of, kind of, yeah. And then they don't really interfere, but they do show up and, and like monitor the situation. Like an alien ant farm? Based, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's wouldn't, wouldn't you be more interested? when the ants are fighting than when the ants are just chilling or doing nothing. Yeah. That's when it's the funnest to watch. Yeah. Or like, you know, you gotta like maintain the fucking herd or what do you call like a whole fucking, you know, colony, I guess of ants. And if they're about to fucking unleash like fucking nuclear weapons, maybe you want to intervene or do something to stop that process. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I know we don't want to think of our lives that way, but there's a, it always reminds me of like this Radiohead song that uh, subterranean homesick alien mm. where he's basically talking about how like aliens just come and like film us like we're some kind of reality TV show. <laughs> and it's like, that'd be a really sad existence, but the mass singer and shit over and yeah, over and like over we're, again. We're just the mass singer, dude. <laughs> oh, we're just man. Kelly Clarkson. Oh God. <laughs> anyways art so once you start talking about kelly clarkson you know we're at the end of the episode so with that said art do you got anything else you want to add to project blue book no that's pretty much it i mean i th- I found project titan pretty interesting i found some of those like little cases in between kind of interesting um there's nothing too conclusive i think i th- i think i i've always felt like i've been more on the side of like there's something there and the government doesn't want to tell us Mm-hmm. could be that you know there's something there and the government doesn't know either and they just want to know themselves so True. i don't know or you know and when when you mentioned this uh as a topic i was just like oh shit like there's probably some stuff out there that we just haven't covered yet or just haven't fucking researched or whatever and i thought like this was going to be all fucking <clears throat> independence day from beginning to end but like i said at the beginning it was a lot of fucking office politics 
Uh, but like I told you, like in the text message chain that we had, like during the week, like the actual cases that they studied are actually more interesting than the actual fucking study of the cases. So that's basically yeah. uh, what we'll get from it. So I didn't, you know, write too many of the cases down as they came up. I was like, oh, let's put it on the fucking list. Like I said, we'll cover it later. Uh, but Project Blue Book, guys, the government did and does look into UFOs, but we still don't know what the fuck it is. So. Man, I just wish I just wish I won the Powerball. <laughs> what is it? One billion? Yeah, something like that, dude. Yeah. So, uh, got anything else, Art? No, I'll tell your mama you booby two shallows. A Jack until it was Warren. And, with that, <laughs> and on that note, guys, if you if you have any stories or if you want to add anything to Project Blue Book or you think this episode was great, you hated it, whatever you did. Uh, hit us up on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. I actually had a back and forth with somebody on the YouTube uh, on the Padma McCord fucking episode. He said something about how, what was it? We talked too much about our podcast and the podcast game on that episode. And if we want to get more views, uh, we should just stick to the topic. And I was like, I, I thought that, that pretty much on that episode, that's all we did anyways. But I'm like, okay. <laughs> And then I looked, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, he, he must have, like, a YouTube channel that gets, like, millions of views or whatever. Like, Mr. Beast or whatever it is, right? Uh-huh. And the guy doesn't do shit. So, it's just, like, be careful, guys. If you're going to fucking make a critique, you want to make sure you have a podcast first. So, uh, shout out to our boys fucking at the Words Are Hard podcast. So, they know how hard it is to put together a show every week or every month in their case. But, guys, hit us up on all the social medias. Um if you guys, if you like this podcast and uh, you want to hear other great episodes from us, uh, guys, join the Patreon. Uh, it does help support the podcast, and you get a free bonus episode every single week. And nine times out of ten, those bonus episodes are more fire than actual episodes you're hearing for free. Uh, so go on over there, donate one dollar, donate ten dollars, donate five dollars, whatever you want to donate. Uh, but you'll get access to over a hundred and twenty-two uh, bonus episodes that only Patreons uh, have access to as well as you'll help your boys over here at the Orange and America podcast. But guys, head on over to the website, follow all the merch links uh, where we have four designs up. Uh, buy a t-shirt, buy a sweatshirt, buy whatever you want over there with our logo. And it's not so much to help us financially as it does help get the good word of the Orange and America podcast out. So if you're out there uh, doing some UFO hunting uh, with those UFO researchers and whatnot, and you have an Orange and America t-shirt, uh, those guys will your t-shirt maybe that maybe the aliens will fucking listen to our podcast and reveal themselves because we tell them we hammer it home that we don't know what the fuck they are so maybe they'll reveal themselves on the mass singer hey who knows what what's going on but the point is wear an orange jacob do america t-shirt and be a walking billboard if you will uh if you guys want to hear other great podcasts i highly recommend you head on over to podbelly.com uh, where our boys, the great and powerful Sofa Kings, are official members, as well as our boys over at Robots for Eyes and Hillbilly Forester. But with that said, Art, I'm tired. Tired. Zoom's telling us we only got 10 minutes left, but we made it out just in time. So with that said, Art, one more time, you got anything else, guy? No, that's it. Uh, peace, guys. Sorry if I was kind of low energy on this episode. I feel like I'm getting sick, so. Yeah, and my fucking had to take... I, I fucking had to take my girlfriend to the fucking emergency room yesterday and I almost had to take my child to the emergency room just before recording. So if it were a little bit off today, blame fucking COVID. So with that said, guys, goodbye. Good night. <laughs>
What does former President Barack Obama know about UFOs? When it, when it comes to aliens, uh, there's some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. <laughs> um, he was asked about the UFO frenzy in the wake of that explosive 60-minute story on Navy pilots who've seen things they just can't explain. It's rotating. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. Obama revealed to James Corden he was eager to find out about real close encounters when he became president. The truth is that when I came into office, I asked. Right. I, I was like, all right, you know, is there the lab somewhere where we're keeping the uh, <laughs> alien specimens in spaceship? Uh, and, uh, uh, my, you know, they did a little bit of research and uh, uh, the answer was no. But that doesn't mean we're alone in the universe. There's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. And now that UFOs are being taken more seriously, more people are coming forward with their own sightings. Shaquille O'Neal told Jimmy Kimmel he's certain he's seen a UFO. With all the lights and it was spinning and it just and took off and everything happened in less than five seconds and we all looked at each other and was like, and I know that it was a UFO. I don't care what anybody says. You never told anybody about that? Nope, you're the first person I told because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. But right, 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 right. It's like that, Anna. It's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.